Happy Easter. We're going to go ahead and get started with the song this morning. Can we all stand together?
wake up for a second, kind of blink your eyes, come on, all right, ready, shh, good morning, thank you, it's nice that you're awake on this Resurrection Sunday, glad that you're here, for those of you that might be guests, my name is Chris Lanneville, I am one of the pastors here on staff, and we welcome you in the name of the Lord on this great day that we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord. We're going to receive this morning's tithes and offerings if you guys want to come on down. If you are a guest, please hear me. If you are a guest, feel no obligation whatsoever to give one penny in this offering. This is for family. So if you want to give, feel free. If you don't want to give, don't give at all. That's fine. This is all about us just celebrating what God is doing through this body. Father, in Christ's name, we thank you for the privilege of giving and pray that that which is received will be used responsibly and reasonably for the purposes of the extension of your kingdom. Bless it, we ask, in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. Uh, as the offering's being taken, let me just mention two very brief things. Ladies, this is for you specifically. Tuesday evening at 7 o'clock is Ladies' Connection. It's an opportunity for ladies to get together. They're discussing a book together. It's a great time together. Good refreshments afterwards. Good fellowship. If you would like to be there, just show up at 7 o'clock on Tuesday, and it will be good for everyone. And then, this is for everybody. Everybody. Next Sunday, right after church, we are having a fellowship dinner, and we want you all to be there. 
It's a great time getting to know one another, to be able to eat good food together. So if you're here and you're part of the family, we'd ask that you would bring a dish to pass. Or if you're a, a family, you would bring a couple of dishes to pass. Basically, the rule of thumb is bring enough for your family and a little bit more so that when guests come, we can say to them, please stay, we have plenty. So that's next Sunday, fellowship dinner. Um, today's service is going to be a little bit different than normal. Normally, we uh, at a certain point in the service dismiss the kids to nursery and children's church. We're not doing that today. The kids are staying up. This is a service that's a little bit more interactive. We're going to be blending together songs with different people sharing throughout the service. When the songs come, feel free to stand up and enter into worship during that time. If it's more comfortable for you to be seated, feel free to stay seated. But I'm going to ask you to uh, engage that which is shared both in song and in word. And so we're going to pray and ask God to bless our service. So would you bow your heads with me for just a moment? Father, we thank you for this day and all that it means, not only to us, but to believers around the world, that we do not have, as I just saw in uh, Vietnam and in China, we don't have a mausoleum with a casket with a dead leader in it. We're not worshiping Ho Chi Minh or Mao. We have an empty grave today. Because our Lord was resurrected from the dead and he sits now at the right hand of his father. And so, Father, today we celebrate your kindness in giving your son for our salvation, that he would die upon a cross, but it didn't end there, but he was raised the third day. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for being willing to lay your life down for us and let all that we say and all that we do today bring glory and honor to you. Let every heart be open to hear that which you would say to them and engage your very person, that they would know a relationship with you, I pray. In Christ's name, amen. And so today we celebrate finding Jesus. Do you know what Easter is? Yeah. Tell me. <laughs> I don't remember. You don't remember? No. Okay. Do you know what we celebrate at Easter time? Lots of animal, that lots of baby animals grow. It's about you hunt eggs. It's about God. And just candy and eggs. Oh, we will look for eggs. Find eggs. for us. 
Then did he stay dead all the time? What happened after that? He got rose again and he went up to heaven. So where does Jesus live now? Um, in heaven. Do you know where Jesus is now? In heaven. In heaven. Heaven. Good. That's very good. Heaven. Yeah. Where's that? In heaven. Um, he's in heaven. I don't remember Jesus. Do you eat certain foods at Easter time? I don't know. I'm probably eat eggs. Yeah, that makes sense. Scrambled? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What kind of things do you eat at Easter? <laughs> Pancakes. Candy and eggs. Candy. 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 Chicken. <laughs> That's an excellent Easter food. I love Easter chicken. Why was he special? It's a key right there. I do have a key on my necklace. It's right here on that tiger's here. Mm. He died on the cross. Oh, yeah, I was going to say that. If Easter is all about Jesus dying on the cross, why is there a bunny? I have no idea. That's a good answer. Neither do I. Mm. Okay, tell me anything no. you know. Tell me anything you know about Jesus. Yeah, I don't want to go back to my Nah. You want to go back to your class now? Alright. I'm celebrating my birthday on Easter. <gasps> you are. So you're going to be what, 25? <laughs> no, how Seven. Seven. Um, we sing an Easter song. Like what? Like, Happy Easter Day. Okay. Like that. That's the microphone so that we can hear what you say. Oh. Yeah. Happy Easter! Happy Easter! Happy Easter! Happy Easter! I want to take us on a little journey this morning. Um, it's a journey I like to take myself on uh, pretty often. Uh, but I want to begin by us all closing our eyes. And I'm going to give you a few seconds uh, in this space. And for some of you, you spend more than five seconds alone with your thoughts. You feel uncomfortable. And for some of you, you wish that you could just lock yourself in a room and be in this space for, for forever. But most of you, uh, you're somewhere in between that spectrum. But as you close your eyes, I want you to 
think about who you are and what that means. It's a combination of what you think of yourself, what others think of you, and what God thinks of you. And this is as close to yourself as you can, as you can get, um, closing your eyes. So then from here, I want you to open your eyes and then just look around at the five to 10 people just sitting around you. And some of them you know very well, some of them you don't know at all. Uh, but here we are in this place and those people right around you are your uh, immediate neighbors. Um, you form just a small community and they have uh, a concept of you uh, that probably doesn't match up with your concept of you. Um, but they're all, they each have their own concept of themselves. And each one of them are individuals in this space. And then I want to take us a little bit further out. Um, and in this first picture is us gathered inside that little building. And there's about, I'd say, 150 to 200 people just sitting in there celebrating resurrection today. Uh, all of us gathered together, and we come here weekly um, to celebrate uh, our faith that uh, we share um, and just have a concept of us as a church as a whole. And I want to go a little bit farther out. And this is our community of about 5,000 people that somebody a couple hundred years ago decided to name Warsaw, and it grew to this form now as it is today. And we sit over here in the right, uh, middle right section, and there's um, Tops, Walmart, there's downtown. And I want you to imagine all the people that are out there right now. There's people working at McDonald's at the drive-thru, and people working at Walmart, and people walking their dog right now. And they're all people just like you, and this is the community that we share with them. And if we go a little bit farther out, this is Western New York and some of Canada. There's a, about 10 million people in this picture. Most of them are in Canada, about 6 million are around Toronto, and about 3 million in Western New York, Buffalo, Rochester, Syracuse. And just picture all of the different people that are represented in this picture, all 10 million. We are 200, and then there's 10 million in that picture, just zoomed out a little bit further. All people of different races, languages, beliefs. And if we go out farther, this is 7 billion people that we are a part of, right in the middle of, that, of this globe. So, you will interact with some, very, very little, of those seven billion people. And there are people, uh, very frequently, you could go to Batavia and check out next to somebody in line, and you will never ever see that person again in your life. And there are countless people like that. You just pass by them on the road. That's the only interaction you will ever have with them in your entire life. Many more people you will never ever interact with on this earth. All we have is 
a a, some number of thousand people that maybe we'll interact with in this 80 or so years that we get to experience on this ball of dirt. And if we go out a little bit farther, about 900 million miles or so, this is a spacecraft that's currently in orbit around Saturn that we sent out into space in 1997. This picture was taken in 2013. And we, that same globe that I just showed you, all seven billion people, are, is that little dot in the right-hand corner, or the right half of this picture. Just a little speck of dust sitting in space from the perspective of a planet that's only three planets over from us in the solar system. And 900 million miles is actually not that far when you think of the universe as a whole. And now picture all of human history on that speck of dust, all of the empires that have risen and fall, the Jesus as he walked on the earth, uh, we as we've grown to from the dawn of Christianity today in this building, all on that speck of, of dust sitting in, in uh, space. And from this perspective, all of those changes, all of our ambitions, all of us as humanity have tried to achieve just looks like a little blue dot from this perspective. And so I wanna bring us all, bring it back, take it 900 million miles all the way back to the distance between your eyeball and your eyelid, if you'll close your eyes again. That, that distance of space, that all that you put into your ambitions, all that you share with your, your goals of what you'd like humanity to see, your worldview, um, all those goals from this perspective don't look like much. And yet, we're all here, and beyond all odds, we get to experience this depth of space with all of the other people sitting here today, all of the seven billion people on Earth today. We get to share this experience with them. And we are so fortunate enough to be able to just even exist on this planet, to be able to experience this beauty and splendor of, of space and people and society and, and the love that God has given us. And it's in this space, the space between your eyeball and your eyelid to 900 million miles away to the vast expanse of the universe is where I find Jesus.
being a small child, maybe seven or eight, and asking my mom and dad if they would help me plant a garden. I remember one of the first things I planted was lettuce. I was so excited and brought it into the kitchen, and I took dish soap, and I was putting it on each leaf, and my mom was like, oh, you don't need to do that. Just rinse it off. And sometimes I believe the Lord speaks to me through gardening. And one of those times was when I wanted to grow a strawberry patch. So I went and I got 40 or 50 strawberry plants. But when I did a little research on it, I was surprised to find that I wasn't going to have strawberries in that first season. And the reason for that was is because the plant was not going to be strong enough to bear that fruit in that first season. So what I was going to have to do is when the flowers started blooming, I was literally going to have to trim them off. 
so that's what I did through the spring and the summer and the fall I took care of these plants and then um, late one fall as I was looking at my beautiful rows of strawberry plants they were green and bushy and probably 10 times as big as they were when I bought them I noticed that they had a good foundation that their roots were digging in deep I raked and I weeded but I stood there and I was like oh no fruit in that moment, I believe the Lord was speaking to my heart. And he said, are you willing to wait to bear fruit? He said, are you willing to wait to bear fruit? So I had to examine my heart when I heard him say that. I was like, Lord, what are you, what are you saying? And what I found was that I wanted things in my timing. I wanted to do it my way. I need to do it his way and in his timing. So I looked at those plants and I said, all they have to do is be still and let the gardener care for them and let the sun shine on them. I grew that strawberry. Tasted good too when I ate it. But do you know who the master gardener is? God Almighty, our Heavenly Father. And the Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Thank you. 
For a long time, I've been interested in woodworking. Um, it's just fascinating to me that uh, you can take some pieces of wood that grew from a tree, you know, a tree grew in the ground, and you can take that and turn it into something interesting and useful. Um, and uh, lately, I've been taking more of an interest in trying my hand at it a little bit. And uh, as I've been doing that, I've been learning a little bit more about. Um, about Jesus through that process, and it kind of surprised me, but I guess it probably shouldn't have because, I mean, Jesus was a carpenter, um, and he was a carpenter, uh, it's interesting to me, uh, he was a carpenter in a day and age when uh, there were no power tools. Uh, he couldn't plug in a circular saw, he couldn't, you know, run something down his table saw or whatever. He had to do all this by hand. Uh, and when you use power tools, and that's your kind of your first exposure to working with wood, uh, you don't pay a lot of attention to the wood. You just use the tool uh, and make the thing, uh, and you move on. But when you work with hand tools, um, it's a slower process. Uh, and you have to pay a lot more attention, first of all, to what you're doing, but also to the wood itself. Um, and as I've been doing this, I've been thinking a lot about how uh, God works really intimately in our lives. Uh, we might start off like a rough sawn piece of wood. Some pictures on the screen in case you can't see from where you are. But rough sawn wood doesn't really look like much. It just looks like, I don't know, it, it's, it's all rough. And, 
Uh, you could, just by running your hand over it, you could easily get some splinters. Um, it's, it's not that pretty. Um, but, you know, a carpenter or a woodworker chooses a specific piece of wood because they see potential in it. They see something, uh, maybe it's a certain type of wood or, and it'll have a certain strength to it or a certain beauty to it. Uh, but it starts off and it doesn't look like much. But then with the right tools, for a, in instance, a hand plane, uh, if it's kept sharp and, and used properly, uh, you can start to reveal some beauty in the wood. And at first, not much comes off. Uh, some dust, maybe a couple of tiny little pieces. Uh, but it doesn't look that interesting. It doesn't look like, I don't know, it, it's still, still pretty rough. You can see there's a little bit where it starts to smooth out and you can start to see a little bit of a grain in the wood, but it's, it's still not really that useful. So a little bit more time. You start to get some, some different shavings, like tiny little shavings at first, uh, but there's, there's a little bit of a beauty to them. And, at first, you've got all this, these tiny little sawdusty type things coming off, and it's kind of random and hit and miss, just like when God starts working in our life. We may not see, it may not seem connected. We see these little bits of our lives changing, um, but there's no, no cohesion to it. And over time, it starts to come off in bigger chunks, and we start to see some more beauty um, hidden in the wood. Uh, and with enough time and enough patience uh, and using the tool properly, uh, this, this inner beauty starts to come out that um, when, when all of the rough stuff is sanded off, or is, is shaved off uh, and it's sanded down, you can apply a finish uh, that really just makes this hidden beauty inside of the wood pop out. Um, and it's hard to see in the picture. I actually brought uh, these pieces of wood if you uh, want to take a look later. Um, but the, the, the finish really just makes the grain stand out and these things that you didn't expect uh, to have beauty um, when you looked at it at first all of a sudden has this this incredible beauty to it um, and and all of that happens because of the careful and, and thoughtful uh, use of or uh, working by the, the carpenter the woodworker uh, and Jesus does that in our lives and it's just so amazing to me that he does that uh, and he, he pays it close attention, and he, when he works in our lives, he has a purpose. Uh, he's not worried at all by what he happens at first, um, but with time and, in, and with patience, uh, he works out something really beautiful in our lives. Uh, and that's, that's how I've seen Jesus in, uh, in woodwork.
in him we have everything. For those of us who know that, for those of us who believe it, it's been a life-changing declaration. And I want to spend a few minutes now reflecting on everything that our speakers this morning talked about. We heard some pretty profound stuff this morning. And for some of us here, we may say, yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. I ex I've experienced the Lord and that in my life as well. I get it. But some of us might be saying, I don't know. I've done a lot of gardening. I pull a lot of weeds. I don't experience the Lord in that. And that's okay. Because I want us to take a moment to reflect on what the Lord is to us, who he is to us, and how he has revealed himself to us individually as unique people. You see, he created each one of us to be unique, to be individuals. That's why the, the Lord reveals himself to Noah the way he does uniquely, and he reveals himself to Judy the way he does uniquely, and to Jeff. And it doesn't need to be the same for any one of us. God has a revelation of his son Jesus for each one of us uniquely, for each one of us here this morning. And I truly believe that some of us have experienced that, but some of us haven't. So let's just take a minute to close our eyes. And I want to encourage those of you who this might be something totally new, a new concept to. I want to encourage you to pardon the expression, but leave religion at the door. Let's look at Jesus for who he is, for who he said he was to his disciples. On his last night on earth when he was having supper with his friends, his 12 friends who followed him for years and learned so much, yet he knew they still didn't get it sometimes. So he demonstrated his love to them by taking bread and breaking it and taking wine and saying, this is my body, this is my blood poured out for you. And the same holds true now for each one of us here in this place. There may be some of us who have said, no, I, it, it's not for me. Jesus may, may get this person or he may have saved that person that person may have found Jesus, just like we've been talking about this morning, finding Jesus. But you may say, no, it's not for me. Friend, I'm here to tell you, it is. I could not stand up here in good conscience and tell you that he's for you if he wasn't truly for you, because I've experienced it in my own life. So let's just take a moment and reflect on where we found Jesus in our own lives or may, where maybe Jesus is looking to reveal himself to us here on this Resurrection Sunday as we reflect on the victory that Jesus displayed over the grave. Jesus, we thank you for the work that you're doing in our lives. Lord, I thank you for your words in Matthew where you beckon us to come to you. And I want us just to listen to these words as I paraphrase the last few verses of the 11th chapter of Matthew where Jesus says, come to me. Those of you who are heavy laden with heavy burdens, come to me. 
Lay down your expectations. Lay down your experiences. Lay down all your baggage and come to me. And for some of us, that is where we find Jesus today. Just by simply coming to him and saying, Lord, I'm empty. I have nothing left to give but my broken self. So Lord, I come. In a few minutes, we're going to do something a little different when it comes to taking communion. And I think it's going to be really symbolic as a church body as we come together as individuals with a different backstory and a different experience of who Jesus is to us in this season in our lives. So if you look on the back of the seat in front of you, there's a little slip of paper that says, I found Jesus. Let's go ahead and take that out. And for some of us, we might not have something to put on there yet. But for some of us, we do have something. Whether you can think of something now that you've gone through or whether you hope in faith to experience something somewhere where you hope to find Jesus in your life, I'm going to encourage each one of you to write something on that piece of paper. And I'm going to do the same. I'll be the first one. I'm going to take the slip of paper and I'm going to write, I found Jesus in my weakness. Because that's where I have found Jesus in my life in my weakness. He shows himself faithful time and time again. And that's what's going to go on this paper for me. What's going to go on that paper for you? So let's take a minute and write something on there. And what we're going to do is we're all going to stand as a body. And we're going to make our way down the center aisle. And we're going to come up and we're going to put on this board corporately where we have found and experienced Jesus in our own lives. And then our ushers, who the ushers can go ahead and come forward now, are going to be up here serving communion. I encourage you to go ahead and take the elements of communion, the bread and the juice, as we reflect on what Christ has done for us, much in the way that he demonstrated for his disciples at the Last Supper. And we reflect and we remember, as we sing in the song, we remember the empty grave. We remember the victory that Christ has had over the grave. And that if he can conquer the grave, he can be your savior today. Nothing that you are experiencing or have experienced is far beyond the reaches of the love of Christ. Let's all stand together. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for what you're doing in this place. Lord, as we take these, these declarations of your goodness and your faithfulness in our lives, or even our declarations of faith of what's to come, where we are going to find and experience you where we have not yet. Jesus, we give these down. We give these to you. We lay them down at your feet. And we worship you. And we remember the empty grave. We remember all that you've done. And we say, Lord, without you, we are nothing. So at this time, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to you. I encourage you all to come down the center aisle. Post your declarations of where you've experienced our Lord and Savior on this board. And then from those of us on this side of the room, we can go down this way. And you can receive communion over here. And feel free to go ahead and take it after you are served. I'm not going to formally have us all take together. This is between you and the Lord. And likewise, for those of us on this side of the room, you can be served over on this side. So please, come.
Thank you all for joining us here this morning, um, and bless you as you guys go and enjoy you, and have a wonderful Easter, and remember the hope um, that came to us. Amen? Amen. Amen.